podcast of Shalom Live Stories. I'm Rob Caldor and I'm with Deb Meyer, Program Manager at Shalom. Hi Rob, I'm very excited by this special podcast featuring some fantastic storytellers from our sold out events in 2017. We had two sold out events with the themes of freedom and new beginnings. The theme of freedom, Greg Fisher tells us about his story from successful businessman turned prison inmate to CEO of a non-for-profit. So let's have a listen. Freedom. It's that time in your life when you realize it's no longer good to break the rules. It's the 12th of January 2005 and I'm in Coffs Harbour with my partner Luke and my daughter Carly. We've been in the swimming pool. Carly and I have been playing for hours. We jump out and I start peeling a mango for my daughter. I looked up. Something caught my eye. It was four people walking towards me three men and a lady. I recognised one of them. They were plainclothes detectives. You can always tell a plainclothes detective. They wear a uniform, plainclothes. They walked up towards us. The first thing he said was, Mr Fisher, please put the knife down. After that, he said, we'd like to have a chat. Let's go back to your villa and talk. So the three of us got up. We went with the detectives back to the villa where there was a whole lot of other police waiting. We went inside and they advised me that they had a warrant to search the premises uh, and started conducting that search. Carly, my daughter, who was 11 at the time, she sat on the stairs of the villa, huddled under her towel, crying. At the end of the search, I was advised that I was officially under arrest and I would be taken back to the Coffs Harbour Police Station for further questioning. We got back there to the police station. I was questioned for a while and then I was told I would not be getting bail. I was now incarcerated. I didn't get bail then, I never got bail. My life then started in a six metre by three metre concrete box. It was concrete on both sides, concrete on the floor, a half a yoga mat on the floor, no pillow, bars in front of me, and a stainless steel toilet. I remember it like it was yesterday. Certainly no shower or anything else. I started hyperventilating, to be honest, a little bit on purpose, thinking that that would get me out. Yeah. Instead, they called an ambulance. The ambulance officers came, they took me out of my cell, they checked me over, of course, they cleared me straight away. And for a moment, while the officers, the ambulance officers and the police officers were chatting, I looked to the left, and just about five to ten metres down, there was a, a hallway, I could see the car park. There was no door, there was no bars, I just saw the sunlight out there. For one moment I thought, I'm going to grasp that freedom, I'm going to run for it. I didn't. Instead, I stayed there realising that I had now lost my freedom. The next day, I was taken to the closest jail, Grafton, where I was officially processed. And that meant I was asked to strip naked, I had my uh, mouth checked behind my ears, between my fingers and my toes. I had my hands up on the wall. I was told to bend over and cough. All of this in front of other officers, some female, also with other inmates in the vicinity. Not for a moment did I think that I did not deserve to be there. I knew I did. But it was one thing to have a loss of liberty, quite another to to have that feeling of utter humiliation. Following that was terror because not long after that, I was housed with some of the most notorious inmates ever, 
One was the lead pack rapist and murderer of Anita Kobe, John Travers. Another one was uh, the lead pack rapist and murderer of Janine Balding, Matthew Elliott. And then another time I was having a shower in Cooma and, and I was, by now, I'm in the Cooma showers and the terror continued with a bunch of guys wanting me to perform sexual favours. I refused and so I was bashed black and blue, kicked and so on on the floor till the blood came out of my mouth but of course only from the neck down so that the guards couldn't see any markings on my face. So terror was a big thing in jail. From terror, um, I realised that really I had a completely contrasting life now to what I had before. My life before was incredible. I was, I'd owned nearly all the gay media in Australia. I had amassed a property portfolio of over $400 million. I listed my company on the stock exchange. I had cars, boats, the whole thing. I was meant to be super happy. I actually never was. I realised that um, my life had gone from the boardroom to the back alley. Because, you see, my experience with the loss of freedom um, was not first experienced when I went to jail. Because two years before I went to jail, I was a drug addict. Take away my money and you could call me a common junkie. I was in a world, an underworld of debauchery Cladestine, ugly, filthy, horrible world where I was answerable to a, to a drug hierarchy and where I thought that the only escape out of that hell was the next hit. But of course all that did was put me further down the rabbit hole. I guess most of you would be thinking, well, I must know what freedom is about. It must have been that day that the, the jail doors finally opened and I walked out. Well, I have to tell you, it was a lot more comfortable the night that I got home. I was no longer in a concrete box. But, there was, but that was not it for me. In fact, leaving jail brought along a whole, lot, a whole new set of anxieties and fears. Fear of failure, fear of, of inclusion, fear of being welcomed. But now, five years later, or nearly five years later, now heading up the second charity, very proudly heading up the second charity, now with my KPIs, my key performance indicators, being how many people I help, as opposed to what level of profitability am I achieving. Now, having achieved my second degree, now in community development and indigenous studies, and going around Australia, just recently right into the APY lands and meeting up with indigenous people there and helping them. Now, learning to fly, something I started 30 years ago, and now I am flying solo above uh, Bankstown, so be careful. <laughs> At least my speakers work in the plane. Now, with my beautiful little puppy, my daughter, my, my partner, my family, do I feel free? I don't know, but I'm certainly happy. Freedom, I don't think, is a destination. I think freedom is an organic process. I think that so long as you've got uh, goals, so long as you're trying to achieve the next thing, you're still aiming for the ultimate freedom, and I'm happy with that. Thanks for listening. So Deb, how do we find out about what's going on in Shalom? Very simply, 
best to head to the Shalom website, which is www.shalom.edu.au. All our events, our comedy events, our Sydney Writers Festival events, our Linwood Oz events, entrepreneurs, uh, professional women's forums, so many different events that we have running. So that's www.shalom.edu.au. 